Preface of English Men of Science, Their Nature and Nurture, by Francis Galton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Leon Harvey. Preface I undertook the inquiry of which this volume is the result after reading the recent work of M. D. Kendall in which he analyzes the salient events of the history of two hundred scientific men who have lived during the two past centuries deducing therefrom many curious conclusions which will repay the attention of thoughtful readers it also happened that i myself had been leisurely engaged on a parallel but more extended investigation namely as regards men of ability of all descriptions with the view of supplementing at some future time my work on hereditary genius the object of that book was to assert the claims of one of what may be called the pre-efficience of eminent men the importance of which had been previously overlooked i yet to work out more fully its relative efficiency as compared with those of education tradition fortune opportunity and much else it was therefore with no ordinary interest that i studied m d cantal's work finding in it many new ideas and much confirmation of my own opinions also not a little criticism supported as i can see by very imperfect biographical evidence of my published views on hereditary I thought it best to test the value of this dissent at once by limiting my first publication to the same field as that on which M. D. Candell had worked, namely, to the history of men of science, and to investigate their sociology from wholly new, ample, and trustworthy materials. This I have done in the present volume, and I am confident that one effect of the evidence here collected will be to strengthen the utmost claims I ever made for the recognition of the importance of hereditary influence. A few of my results and some of the evidence on which they were based were given to me at a Friday evening lecture, February 1874, before the Royal Institution. I have incorporated parts of that lecture into this volume with emendations and large additions. It has been my wish to work up the materials I possess with much minuteness, but some months of careful labour made it clear to me that they were not sufficient to bear a more strict or elaborate treatment than I have now given to them. The pleasant duty remains of acknowledging a debt to my friend, Mr. Herbert Spencer, for many helpful suggestions and for his encouragement when I was planning this work, and to reiterate my deep sense of gratitude to numerous correspondents which I have expressed elsewhere in the following pages. I may add that four of the scientific men who replied to my questions had passed away since I began to write. Of these, two had sent me complete returns, namely Professor Phillips, the geologist, and Sir William Fairbairn, the engineer. As regards the other two, Sir Henry Holland, the physician, had published his autobiography, but it gave me much help colloquially, and promised more. And Sir Edmund, better known as Count Streselicki, the Australian traveller and meteorologist, furnished me with very suggestive information, but too incomplete for statistical use. Francis Galton, 42 Rutland Gate, November 1874 P.S. I have to apologise for some faults of style in the earlier pages, due to my not having had as full an opportunity as I had counted upon of correcting that portion of the press. After I had sent the above to the printer, a friend happened to point out to me the following passage in the Sarto Resartus of Carlyle, Book 2, Chapter 2. It expresses sentiments so nearly akin to those which induced me to write this book that I am glad to quote it. It is maintained by Helvidius and his set that an infant of genius is quite the same as any other infant, 
only that certain surprisingly favourable influences accompany him through life, especially through childhood, and expand him, while others lie close-folded and continue dunces. With which opinion cries Tuffelstrock, I should as soon agree as with this other, that an acorn might by favourable or unfavourable influences of soil and climate be nursed into a cabbage, or the cabbage seed into an oak. Nevertheless, continues he, I to acknowledge the all but omnipotence of early culture and nurture. Hereby we have either a dotted dwarf bush, or a high towering wide shadowing tree, either a sick yellow cabbage, or an edible luxuriant green one. Of a truth, it is the duty of all men, especially of all philosophers, to note down with accuracy the characteristic circumstances of their education, what furthered, what hindered, what in any way modified it. End of preface to English Men of Science